Today's episode is brought to you by Kangaroo. Kangaroo was created to ensure that everyone has access to home security. Every product Kangaroo makes start with three questions. Is it simple? Can it be produced at a price that everyone can afford? And is it secure? With Kangaroo, you never pay unnecessary bells and whistles, and you know your data is going to be secure. The Front Door Security Kit is a simple setup with no tools or tech geeks required. Hey, I take offense to that. If you have Wi-Fi and a smartphone, you can use Kangaroo. Go to heykangaroo.com to learn more and start keeping your home safe today. And be sure to use the code RINGDONG, that's R-I-N-G-D-O-N-G, for 20% off any Kangaroo complete subscription order. And welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it's Shark Week. We are going to be talking about the sharks on the Carolina Panthers roster. (laughs) We'll also discuss some Panthers news. There's actually quite a bit of of news. Uh, Some of it good, some of it eh, not so good. Uh, some NFL news, and then we will go over the quarterbacks and secondary as the penultimate edition of our preseason player preview, as is what I've dubbed it, the Triple P. Oh. Yeah. That's, I just, I've been calling I just it the decided tra- to start training camp it. roster breakdown, but okay, that sounds better. Okay. Well, you know, alliteration, always, always good when you can alliterate. Um, let's start off with some Panthers news, Jerry. Tell us, tell us the uh, good and the bad. The good and the bad. And the ugly. Well, last last podcast, we discussed a running back named Ronnie Smith. Well, he was released before our episode was uh, yep. dropped. <laughs> and we have picked up the former Jets running back, Trenton Cannon, off waivers. Uh, Trenton Cannon, a couple years in the league, hasn't really done much, but he offers some special teams play he that's the way he would make the roster as a third or fourth guy yeah he's um 3.0 yards per carry average for his career uh, that's only spanning i think 20 games um and most <laughs> a lot of those games he didn't get a single carry but he does have 17 receptions for 144 yards so he does sort of bring a pass catching background into this backfield which it seems like pretty much all of our guys do so uh you want to have as many guys that can do that and multifaceted as possible i don't think trenton can is going to make the team necessarily uh unless something horrific happens in training camp but hey you know another guy you're going to need guys like this because of the covid situation you just got to fill out the back of the roster with as much talent as you can yeah uh moving on a Undrafted wide receiver Trevante Heights was released, and the Panthers picked up former Eagles defensive tackle Bruce Hector off waivers as well. This, I like this move. Uh, Bruce Hector, not a stud by any means, another guy to just fill out the back end of the roster. Uh, we went over the defensive line, and defensive tackles thin. We have Derek Brown, KK Short, Bravian. Bravey and Roy, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, and that Bravey and Roy was a sixth-round pick. So, yep, I like this move. Uh, again, another guy that may not make the roster, but, again, you got to have these guys. The practice squad is expanded this year because you're going to be bringing guys up when somebody tests positive for COVID. So another guy that has some experience, I don't mind it at all. No. He even started a game last year. Yeah. He got half a sack for his career. That's better than Brandon uh, Ravian Roy or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> now, down to the sad news. Russell Akun didn't opt out during the opt-out period for coronavirus, but it is rumored that he is mulling retirement due to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That would suck. That would be horrendous. First of all, I understand his thought process because 
getting that $150,000 loan is not going to be anything if he retires at the end of the season. Well, he would he would probably be considered high risk considering his health risks last year where he missed mm-hmm. 10 games with the heart issues or pulmonary embolism. Um, so, I mean, he would he would, I'm sure, be considered high risk, which I'm sure is why he's even considering it. Oh, yeah. I, um, but, but I wish he would just opted out if that's what he – if he's – that worried about it. I'm not sure what's going to change his mind between now and the start of the season because he says that if he thinks the NFL isn't handling this the right way, then he's going to, you know, potentially retire. So, I don't know, man. I mean, giving away Trey Turner and getting absolutely nothing back would be rough. (laughs) That would be rough. That would be brutal. I mean, we are already just going to rent him for this year because we – we expect him to retire or move on somewhere else next year anyways, and this was kind of a stopgap to see if Greg Little has something or if we're going to have to go find another guy somewhere else. So, uh, interestingly enough, when this news came out, I did read that uh, one, one person was reporting that the Panthers had been very open about re-signing Okung uh, hmm. after this season. So, you know, if that was a possibility, then... Uh, this would really hurt, <laughs> you know, because Okung, even though he's 31, he's, you know, he's still not old. He's not an old guy. You know, you could sign him for another couple of years, probably get some good production out of him. Yeah. Offensive linemen, if their knees hold up, they can last till 34 or so and yeah. be good be due to technique. And he's talented. He's a very talented yeah. guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that would suck. I, I would not be, I mean, uh, you know, we'd be seeing a lot of Greg Little, I guess, again. Well, not again because he didn't or play Dennis much Daly. last year. But yeah, or Dennis <laughs> Daly. I mean, <clears throat> that's why I was really hoping we'd go after somebody in the draft, but we didn't. So, all right, let's move on from Panthers news to NFL news. And we're going to start NFL news with some more sad news. Washington football team released 2018 second-round draft pick Darius Geis after he was charged with felony domestic violence. And it's a felony because it was considered strangulation. Hmm. So Shades of uh, Greg Hardy. Yeah, he's good. They released him. He cleared waiver wires uh, today, which is what is, Monday. Oh, I forgot what day it was. <laughs> Monday the 10th. Uh, short career. I don't see in another team picking him up unless somehow the Chargers charges. He gets cleared, basically. Yeah, I mean it's not like Kareem Hunt, right? Where Kareem Hunt had several years of high production before yeah. he got released due to behavioral issues. Um, Darius Geis has shown nothing. He he had he's had one good game his entire career. It happened to come against the Panthers, but he's been hurt pretty much his entire career and when he's played other than the one game against the Panthers he really hasn't done much. So he's been I, all right. He hasn't been what No, he's been expected. pretty bad. He's ha- he's had like he had one long reception in a game and then he had a big game against the Panthers last year when everybody had a big game against the Panthers. And that's it. That's pretty much it. I Look, know I know you you're pulling him. I know you're pulling up his stats right now. Tell me I'm wrong. Wow. Uh, sorry, as soon as I Googled his name, here's the USA Today headline. Darius Guy strangled his girlfriend until she was unconscious. Yeah. He is not getting back in the league. That is just horrendous. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, if there's no video of it, then who knows? It's possible. But, yeah, this is a guy who played five games in his career. I, I don't even know... You know, I'm saying that he was terrible, and you're saying that maybe he showed some things. I don't even know if you can say anything after just a five-game sample. Yeah, but a lot. He came out of college with a lot of hype around. He him. did. But either way, he's gone. Happy trails. Not really. I hope. You know, yeah. from what I just read, I'm just. Bye. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Get out. I didn't like you from day one. Now, again, more sad news in the NFL world. New York Giants 2019 first-round draft pick cornerback DeAndre Baker was 
arrested for four counts of robbery with a firearm. Uh, Baker now faces a minimum of 10 years and up to life in prison if convicted. Yeah. But uh, what do you do? Uh, what are the what is what are these guys doing? You're an NFL. You're a, I mean you're an NFL player. You're making money. You know. Yeah. Uh, what when was he drafted last year? Did it say? The first round. I yeah, don't know the. Exact... So he's making decent money. Yeah. I mean he's he's a millionaire, right? What, what, <laughs> so. What's he doing? He, if he's not a millionaire, he is a very living, very well off. I would be surprised. Twenty-three-year-old guy. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's if he didn't get, you know, the signing bonus in the millions. I mean, typically a first rounder, you're you're getting millions. Um, Counts of armed robbery, man. What are you? God. Looks like it happened in Florida. So, I mean, for him, I guess at least it didn't happen in New York because if it happened in New York, I mean, he'd be in jail forever, and they there'd be no there'd be no recourse for him because they do not play in New York. Uh, Florida, you know, you never know. We may get off scot-free. Now, unlike Washington, the New York Giants haven't released him yet. They have, excuse me, they have put him on the commissioner's exempt list right now. Uh, but I don't see him staying there too long, especially if he's convicted or whenever the Giants get more information. Yeah. So this was uh, Quentin Dunbar also... Uh, Seattle Seahawks Quentin Dunbar was also I guess arrested in this same incident and both uh, both were placed on the commissioner's exempt list in July so I, I why why are you you robbing people just guys get your head on straight man yeah makes no sense I, I don't get it alright we're done with the bad news I, I'm tired I don't want to talk about that that's so, bad news, good news. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're done NFL. with the bad news, unless you're a college football. Yeah, unless you're a college football fan. Uh, with some conferences being rumored to going ahead and canceling their season, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are both rumored to have canceled their college football seasons. The NFL has come out and said that they will play on Saturday if college season is canceled. So we'll get more NFL Saturdays and Sundays, but no college football if that occurs. So yeah, so basically the majority of the week you'll have football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. That's four. That's four days. There's only seven days in the week. <laughs> so four out of seven days you're getting football. I'm all for it. NFL football. NFL football. Yeah. Excuse me, because you know normally you're getting college football those days. I mean, it's, it's a bummer, right? You know, but yeah. not unexpected. It was always going to be way harder for college football to play than the NFL. Yeah, they they don't pay their players. They can't really say, "Hey, you know, yeah. you want your paycheck." Yep, that's the rumor. I guess is the Power Five conferences. Um, so you know, your major conferences are discussing it, and then, like Jerry said, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have essentially rumor. Our sources are saying they've essentially already made the decision. So. SEC says they're going to fight as hard as they can to play, which yeah. of course they would, because that and, is big business. Big and business. Conference USA said they are going to follow the SEC's uh, plan as well for all you Charlotte 49er fans out there. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers are, they've announced a couple of opponents this year, UNC and Duke. Mm-hmm. And they've got one more non-conference game that they're going to fill out so i mean if if their choices are limited to the sec then they could be playing an sec team this year too so that'd be cool i mean to watch the 49ers get slaughtered by you know texas a&m or whoever yeah and if you're a 49ers fan stg does have a charlotte 49ers sports podcast minor obsession go check them out on apple Podcasts or wherever you can find podcasts it's a shout out STG, by the way, is our podcast network, Sports Talk Garage, just in case you haven't heard that in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We've mentioned it, but it's been a while. Um, And last, this is not 100% news, but I'm just so excited. Hard Knocks is coming out on Tuesday. The season premiere coming live from, well, not live, but from Los Angeles (laughs) covering the Chargers and the Rams. 
I am very excited, especially with everything going on. I kind of want to see how the teams are really doing it behind the scenes. It'll be interesting this year. I mean, it, it's either going to be really interesting or really boring because mm-hmm. they're not hitting. They're barely practicing. You know, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, because normally you, the, you get the storylines, right? They're following through a few preseason games. You pick your guy and you follow him throughout the season, but... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that this year. Uh, it could be really interesting, though. You know, showing the be... process, behind the testing, and some of the behind closed doors things that maybe we don't know about yet. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it could be either or. Again, I love Hard Knocks. I love the stories. The only sad thing is there's no preseason games. So, what, you know, those guys at the bottom of the roster are going to have a harder time staying on because, you know, that's one of my favorite yeah. things. It's like the fourth quarter in some of those games where you're following this guy who's, uh, you know, and he finally gets in there, he makes two good plays, and he's like, yeah, and then he gets, yeah. you know, pulled out, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Um, how lucky for Hard Knocks that uh, they get two teams this year because there's not that all that football content that they're going to be focusing on. So they have two full teams now that they can focus on the the minor well, storylines and stuff. I mean, I think that's going to be helpful for them. I, I could see where you're saying that. And Hard Knocks just already has fans, but the Chargers are bringing no fans <laughs> to Hard Knocks. So, well, you know, I mean, they've done the Browns, they've done uh, what the Falcons, see, the Browns they've have done fans. they've done teams that don't have massive fan bases before. I mean, the Chargers yeah. are in a different league. You're right. Like, <laughs> like they're when it comes to no fans, they're in a league of their own. Now, I feel bad for the Browns fans, but there's fans. There's they're fans, actually... yeah. But they're not, I mean, I don't know. Uh, people <laughs> will watch Hard Knocks regardless. Yeah. you know, And maybe the Chargers need that. Like, they need people to who aren't familiar with the team to watch the team and like the team. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that usually comes from Hard Knocks is you end up liking a lot of these players. And you watch them a little differently. I'm going to go on the record and say Anthony Lynn breaks out as a star. I think he's a very underrated coach, and I think he's going to glow in that spotlight. What about McVay? Do you think uh, people are tired of him at this point? No, I think people are still going to love him. Yeah, but You're probably right. I don't love him. I don't like him at all. I think he's overrated. I don't think McVay's that overrated. I think he is slightly, but he is an offensive genius. There was t- there was times where they were talking about games and he would call like the play from five years ago and the defense he looked at and just going play by play on a drive from five years ago. The guys, the guys, very smart. Not he's very smart, play. but man, they've been talking about him like from day one. Like he is just the next god well, of turned- the NFL and everybody who has touched him in any way has gotten head coaching jobs. Like to me that that's for, I mean, he hasn't won anything. Well, that was for the his first couple seasons and I agree. Like I said, he is still slightly overrated, but he did completely turn around that Rams franchise very quickly. Well, you know, he he could no go nowhere from uh, but up with from uh 7 and 9 Jeff who's Fisher. Who's 7 and 9 Jeff Fisher, yeah. You know, I think no, that should, nowhere to go should but legally up. change his name to seven and nine Jeff Fisher. Yeah. yeah. Or Jeff has, Seven and Nine Fisher. He has two kids, seven and nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we done with the news? Yes, we are done with the news. Let's do something fun. It is Shark Week. Once a year, Discovery Channel turns into nothing but shark programming. It is amazing. I watch it every year. <laughs> Um, my wife is obsessed with it. My kids are now obsessed with it. Well, Chase is at least. Logan's still too young, but um, so we thought it would be cool to take a few sharks. This isn't going to be a super long thing, but take a few sharks and we'll sort of <sighs> fuck. What is the what's the word I'm looking for? Take a few sharks and we will compare them to Panthers players. Like what what do the Panthers players? have in terms of the shark traits of each of these sharks mm-hmm. right so i'm gonna go ahead and kick it off jerry okay by the way the sharks that we're doing are the great white shark the tiger shark the bull shark 
the Mako shark, and Jerry wanted to do a minnow, which is not a shark. <laughs> uh, which I'm not sure Jerry knew that it wasn't a shark, but it is not a shark. Jerry does not know a lot about sharks, <laughs> so but we I are doing do a minnow a lot of as well. Googling for this. <laughs> so we're doing current players, right? Yes, obviously. Okay. Um, because we're going to kick it off with the Great White, and I had a really hard time with this one. A really hard time mm-hmm. with this one. Mm-hmm. Apex Predator, King of the Sea. Eats anything in front of him. Does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest I could get for someone on the roster like that is KK Short, when healthy. Okay. He's, he's a monster. He's... The focus of the offensive line, you know, anytime he's playing against, you know, an offensive line, he's the focus. They game plan around him. Um, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but KK Short for me, he's the great white as long as he's healthy. Okay. I went Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. This is, again, not the biggest shark person. So whenever I think of a shark, I think of the great white. I think mm-hmm. of Jaws. Mm-hmm. And. He is the great white is what everyone fears. And Christian McCaffrey is what everyone fears on the Panthers. He's vicious. You say apex predator. Yeah. He is that on offense. And that's why I gave it to him. Everybody fears him about the Carolina Panthers right now. Plus he's white. So I wasn't fits. going there. Great no. white. He's a great no. white. He's he's like he's the great white running back. Ah, you have such a stern look on your face. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what you say. Uh, all right, so I've got I've got McCaffrey in here. I'm saving McCaffrey for a different shark. Um, okay. And let's go ahead and move to that shark, the bull shark. Bull shark is also a ferocious predator. The thing that separates the bull shark from all the other sharks, every other shark, is that the bull shark can not only survive in salt water can also survive in fresh water. He will attack things in all environments. Much like Christian McCaffrey, who thrives not only on the ground, but also in the air. Extremely versatile and ferocious. He's a killer. Christian McCaffrey is the bull shark. Okay, again, I don't know much about sharks, but this is freaky. I selected KK Short for the bull shark. Because bull sharks are typically found close to the coast, and I consider the coast being the line of scrimmage. And that's where KK loves to be. Uh, and again, the sea, fresh and salt water, I, he can play both the run and rush the passer really well. Okay. Yeah. That's good. For someone that doesn't know a lot about sharks, that's <laughs> awesome. I told you, I did some Googling. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the tiger shark, and I'll let you go first. Okay, this is my hope for my tiger shark, Shaq Thompson. Because he needs to be that apex predator on defense, roaming around. Uh, He's able to feed on multiple multiple preys, just like the tiger shark. He needs to play defense against the run and in the pass and roam around freely back there and be that predator. That's what I'm going with. He needs okay, to be a plus. So he may not be there yet, but you're hoping that that's what he is. Correct. He's a tiger shark in the making. Mm-hmm. So I went a little bit different with the tiger shark because the tiger shark is always the shark that you hear that has the license plate in their stomach. They eat literally anything. They will devour anything they find. So I went with Derek Brown. Space eater, right? He mm-hmm. isn't... You know, the guy that's going to rush the quarterback. He's not the guy that's going out and focusing on one player and driving at him. He's going to take on anything that comes at him. Derek Brown, again, maybe uh, hopeful as well for me because he's a rookie. But Derek Brown for me, the guy that's just going to eat up whatever comes at him. Cool. Mako yeah. Shark. Okay. Mako Shark. I had a, I had some issues with. Okay. So, I went DJ Moore. Okay. 
the Mako shark lives far from the land, so I thought, you know, he's always going out on passes, so he's far mm-hmm. from land. He's very speedy, and mm-hmm. they said he has very good leaping abilities. Mm-hmm. So, and I kind of thought, you know, DJ Moore, very athletic, speedy, and I kind of pa- pa- paired him with that. I thought about Dante Jackson, but mm-hmm. DJ Moore is just better than Dante Jackson, so he he got the shark nod. I did go Dante Jackson for the Mako. Uh, for much of the same reasons, far from land, far from the line of scrimmage, um, fast, athletic. Uh, oftentimes, the Mako Shark is so fast that they entirely miss what they're going after. They just speed right past it. And that is Dante Jackson, if I have ever heard a more apt analogy. Well, so, I did not read that in my Google search, but yes, that's that just is something that you have to just something you have to know about sharks. <laughs> You know, uh, really, that's true about any shark. But you know, the mako is faster. So, all right, let's do your uh, your special category here, the well, minnow. Well, I didn't want us to do all sharks. I felt like we had to do something <laughs> that was not going to be so good. So I went with minnow because minnows are going to get eaten up. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing this, but my minnow is going to be Eli Apple. I originally oh. said said put him out there as a free agent picked up. But I'm afraid he's just going to get eaten up by the shark quarterbacks that are in the NFC South this year. That's a good one. I actually considered Dante Jackson for this. Um, just because, you know, Amino is very shifty, very quick, but not not great. Um, however, I decided to go with Ian Thomas as the Minnow. Uh, just a guy who I don't think is going to do much for us this year. Um Going to be out there a lot. A lot of minnows out in the ocean. Nobody's excited when they see a minnow. Nobody's excited. Uh, Ian Thomas, it'll be nice to have you this one last year. It's funny you say that. Did you hear about Matt Rule's press conference? Where oh, he, I heard. Where he talked about Chris Manhurts more like he talked about a few players and Chris Manhurts mm-hmm. was one of them. He, so that he, means he all also... of them will probably get cut the way that rule operates. <laughs> right. He did also speak about Ian Thomas and basically, if you read between the lines, said that Ian Thomas needs to step up and he needs to show, I guess, prove on that promise that he has that uh, uh, potential, I guess. Greg Olson's gone. He, he, he needs to have a good year. Yeah, but he was talking about Manhurts glowingly. He said that Manhurts he thought could be the best blocking tight end in the league easily. So that's uh which you know that's what Manhurts is known for. He's just a very good blocking tight end. So um all right. That was Shark Week. Any any mm-hmm. other honorable mention sharks? Dude, uh, let me ask I, you this. Yeah. All-time great white Carolina Panthers. All-time. Why you got to put me on the spot like Steve I'll, Smith. I'll go Oh, really? Okay. I'm going Jay Pep. Julius Peppers. Uh, mainly because I think Steve Smith is more like an all-time tiger. He's just Pep, a ferocious Pep, Pep beast, feels whatever more, he is. Yeah. Pep feels more like just the giant guy that you're scared as hell when he starts coming at you. Steve Smith, like, once he's on you, then you're scared as hell. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with our penultimate player position preview and we're back and we're going to go ahead and continue with our preseason position preview starting off with quarterbacks Ooh, the glamour position normally (laughs) it's still the glamour position even though it's not on our team it's not so super starter Starter is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Cam Newton has hit the road up to New England, and Teddy Bridgewater was signed to a three-year deal here. Uh, hasn't started in quite a while as a full-time starter. Started a couple year or a couple games in New Orleans last year. <clears throat> Did well for them. Won Five all games. his games. Five and zero. Oh. Uh, I like the signing. I. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a game manager. 
I don't think we're going to have to worry about the deep ball like everybody is worried about. I think his arm strength is going to be fine. But I don't think he's also going to be able to put this team on his back and be a franchise, franchise quarterback like Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, Teddy, I really don't know what to expect from Teddy. You know, even in Minnesota when he was healthy before the horrific injury, you know, he wasn't like a guy that was lighting up stadiums. You know, Uh, he was good. He was he was fine, uh, very accurate. Uh, in those games last year with New Orleans, he was almost sixty-eight percent completion percentage, which very Drew Brees like. Uh, he did have a game where he went for three hundred fourteen passing yards, uh, four touchdowns in that game. So he he has the potential to put up big big numbers. Um, we have good skill position players here, so mm-hmm. Teddy's going to have as long as that offensive line can hold up around him, he should have a good season. And, and that's what I expect from him. I th- I think this is going to be a more system-oriented offense where they score a lot, and I think they're going to move the ball well, but it's not going to be due to great quarterback play. I think he's going to play well, but he yeah. is not going to be lighting everything up with his arm. It's going to be little you know, 10, 12-yard passes, yard passes that they break for 20, 30 yards and occasionally going up top to Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel or a little, you know, dump off pass to CMC and he breaks it or great scheming by Joe Brady. I think that's the way this offense is going to work where the quarterback position isn't downgraded. I think it's just not highly important as well as other offense runs. Yeah, well, he's definitely going to be a different quarterback than Cam, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. not going to be um, the – I don't know that he'll be the alpha personality on the team. Um, but he's going to have to command the huddle for sure. You know, if you take his stats from last year, his five games, and you extrapolate it out into 16 games, it's, it's basically 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's yeah. a hell of a season. That's a great season. Um, so – you know, and, and almost 4,000 yards, right around 4,000 yards. So he has a chance to put up big numbers. And if he does that, if he's a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown, sub-10 interception guy, then he'll probably get a big contract here in the future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's there's not much more you can get from him. Yeah. So I'm just, cautiously excited about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. And the only really question in the quarterback room or line is who's going to be the second guy yeah i we have we'll go ahead and start off with our third round pick from last year will greer yeah didn't look good last year but didn't really get any kind of Mm -mm. opportunity that that was that set him up for any kind of success no in fact he looked he looked downright terrible at let's not even mince words he looked terrible yeah, and Jason Hewitt even mentioned this last week, and it kind of really made me think about this, about how he was just set up for disaster. Like, we were on that long losing streak. You know, no one was playing hard, and he was just kind of thrown out there to the wolves and got chewed up and spit out. Yeah, well, his first start, he, they made him throw the ball 44 times. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he completed twenty seven of them, but he threw three interceptions, no touchdowns, and we got beat thirty eight to six. So not a great debut, and not a way to instill confidence in a young guy. Uh, I hope. I mean, I have a feeling that he's going to be our number two going into week one, mainly because he's got NFL experience, starting NFL experience. Even he's been in an NFL regular season NFL games. Um, and he's got the, the pedigree of being a third round pick essentially, even though he wasn't Matt rules, third round pick, he was just a third round pick last year. So, and people were really high on him coming out of college. There was even people t- discussing whether or not he would sneak into the back end of the first round. Yeah. Or, he had first you know, round grades the- from, from certain teams. So, so who knows? Like you said, it could have been that whole, again, I've heard rumors that, the whole team basically quit when Perry Fuel was there. 
people hated Perry Fuel. Yeah. So that could have been it. And then he, of course, you know, if you're starting and you're trying your best, but no one else is, yeah, kind of, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think even the coaching staff had sort of given up at that point. It was pretty clear that they were going to be fired. Um, they, they, he just had no, there was no way that he was going to look good. No, no. way. Uh, third guy on the roster, uh, I guess right now in the third position, PJ Walker, mm-hmm. the former XFL star, uh, superstar, yeah. XFL superstar, essentially. Um, also a temple guy. So Matt rule, a disciple, I guess you could say, um, what do you think? Does he? I mean, he's going to make the roster. I think that's pretty clear. With especially in this year, where you're going to need depth at all positions, so he's going to make the team. Do you think he's got a shot at that number two spot? Yes, I yeah. absolutely do. I think he's familiar with Matt Rule, and Matt Rule is familiar with him, so he knows his strengths and weaknesses, and he has some talent. How much talent, I don't know, but. He dominated in the XFL. Again, XFL. So, I'll be interested to... I, I wish we had preseason games for this battle. Because yeah. that would be a fun one to watch. It'd be really and, fun just to see him out there. Mm-hmm. And see him with a, an NFL roster. I mean, look, just looking at his stats real quick in the XFL. Of course, the XFL was cut short. Uh, the season was cut short. But, I mean, 65% passer... 1,338 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, also had almost 100 rushing yards uh, in, what, five games mm-hmm. total? So he has a bit of the dual threat in him. But, you know, just thinking back to some of the highlights that you would see where he had some of the sidearm throws, a lot of Pat Mahomes-type throws. I mean, I heard the word Pat Mahomes mentioned several times when he was out there throwing the ball in terms of how he could sort of just make some throws that you don't typically see quarterbacks make. So I, he's got, I think he's definitely gonna make the team. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually plays some games just mm-hmm. given how our season is probably going to go with a lot of losses. Um, so I'm, I'm, I was really thrilled when I heard that we signed him and surprised I, I was too. I was surprised that we got him. I was surprised, but then with the Temple connection with Matt Rule, yeah. I wasn't that surprised. We all know how he likes his former players. I I agree. I like this pickup. It's a good guy to keep as your third or second guy. A guy that's trying to make a roster who's mm-hmm. shown abilities before, but really hasn't had that much of a chance either. Yeah, he's right around six feet tall. So, you know, he's a, a little on the short side. But as we've seen, that doesn't really matter. In the NFL, we there's plenty of examples of six feet tall or even shorter quarterbacks that do very well. So, yeah, I think that's an old stand in the pocket type of quarterback, and that's not that's the not, NFL anymore. Not that league anymore. Yeah. No, I mean Drew Brees is the only stand in the pocket six foot guy that I know that just was dominant. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so overall, how do you feel about the quarterback position? We'll give him a grade like we've given all the other positions. Um, I'm gonna go C minus. Uh, wow. I, I I have I have faith in Bridgewater, but overall, I mean Teddy Bridgewater still unproven. Will Greer looked awful last year, and PJ Walker's coming from the XFL. I I can't give him high a high grade right now. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to grade this on a curve. I mean, Teddy is going to get the majority of the grade here. I'm going B minus. I do think Teddy is going to be a very competent player for us and a very competent starter. Uh, He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. He's going to give our guys chances. Um, Will Greer, I'm almost giving an incomplete, and I'm definitely giving an incomplete to P.J. Walker. Um, But they do bring the score down some. I think this will be, you know, maybe a, Solid B, but I'll go B minus uh, overall. I think that Teddy's going to surprise some people. Yes, I, I think Teddy will be a revelation here. I'm really hoping he is, but at the same time, there's just not enough right now that I could go ahead and give him a higher no, right now. 
I completely understand. And if Teddy goes down, we could be in real trouble. Oh yeah. I mean, this could be this could make last year look good. I, I have someone who who does not believe in Teddy Bridgewater sending me all these predictions of us w- having two wins, and I'm like, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play well, that's absolutely possible. I was like, but I think he's going to look a lot better than these pundits realize. He was a first round talent. Yeah. At one point in his career, no, I, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know, he he did get hurt, and a lot of people are going to be down on him because. He's been out of, essentially out of the starting job for, what, four years now? I don't know. I like Teddy. I think he's a good leader. And he's obviously accurate. But you know what? If we do go 2-14 and 14 next year, then hello Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Hello whoever the, whoever the top quarterback coming out of college football is. That'll it's be Trevor our Lawrence. guy. Yeah, there's, that'll be our there guy. shouldn't be a question. Well, there probably won't be a question because there probably isn't going to be a season. So <laughs> whoever whoever is currently the number one guy is going to be the number one guy. Um, and that's okay. You know, we'd have Teddy on the books for one more year, essentially, after that. Who, and he can kind of, Trevor Lawrence will come in and Teddy will be a great backup and then he'll be gone. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with either scenario, honestly. I'd be, yeah. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I mean, the season would suck if it were 2-14. and 14. It'd be really tough to watch, but the future, I think, is bright either way. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now let's move on to one of our worst position groups on the team. Debatable if it is the worst. I Well, we'll talk about it when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> our secondary. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Let's start with the corners. Because this group, I think, is easily the worst on the team. Yes. Uh, our starters are Dante Jackson and Eli Apple, both with massive red flags. Yes. Massive question mark. Dante Jackson has all the tools to be a great cornerback. That said, he has not been able to put it together. He seems to have an issue with coaching whether it was Perry Fuel last year or even the year before uh, that documentary on Amazon, you could see mm-hmm. he still butted heads with other players and other leaders on the team and other coaches. So sometimes I feel like Dante Jackson just puts way too much energy in his speed instead of his being able to diagnose plays and being able to be a great football player. Yeah, he definitely came in as a rookie and that was the year that uh, All or Nothing was filmed, with a big chip on his shoulder, uh, thought he was already great, and wasn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't really improve last year at all. In fact, I you might even say he regressed last year I would. a bit. Um, he relies way too much on his speed. Don't know if you know what his film-watching techniques are, if he even does it. Um He's got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah. I, this is going to be a make or break season for him. He could become yeah. out and be a a top number one cornerback in the league, or he could be gone next year or the year after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could easily see. I could, I think I'm, I would be less surprised if he was gone after this season than if he actually became a great. Yeah corner i just don't know if he has it in him mentally or if he's just too much in love with himself i mean i hate to say that i mean it's mean to say but you know go back and watch all or nothing i mean and then watch him play last year he just didn't seem to care much my hope is that last year he regressed because of perry fuel i know i keep mentioning this but a lot of players didn't like hit perry fuel and then you know, last year Dante regressed, and I'm yeah. hoping that was the issue, but who knows? It Again, he, in all or nothing, he didn't show that greatness as a, hey, I'm going to learn and study yeah. and take well, By all accounts, more. you know, Phil Snow is a great guy and has a, a great football mind, great defensive mind, so, you know, hopefully he can get coached up and 
Uh, maybe he buys in to Matt Rule's coaching staff and Matt Rule himself. Uh, I'd love to see it because, like you said, when we started this conversation, he's got all the tools. He's extremely fast. He's got excellent athleticism. All he needs to do is put it together mentally. That's it. And he's got it. Yeah. Eli Apple, on the other hand, maybe more of a lost cause. Eli Apple is just Everything like that Dante... is wrong with Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like Dante Jackson to a certain extent, except he's been in the league a little bit longer and even has better measurables than Dante Jackson. Yeah. He is fast. He's tall. He's athletic. Drafted Number in the first round. Number pick, right? Yeah, he was he was one of those can't miss cornerback prospects, but he hasn't been able to put it together either, and he's had some issues with coaching and not doing film study and everything. So it, it, it's very mirrored on the cornerback, and Phil Snow has his hands full with this group, or whoever the secondary coach is. I don't know off the top of my head. They have their handful. Yeah. You know, Eli Apple uh, was pretty bad in New York. He had he went to New Orleans in the second half of 2018, and he actually played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And that did not carry over into 2019. He was not very good. So this is a cheap contract with Eli Apple. I don't mind at all taking a flyer on a young guy who has a lot of potential. Uh, it very, like you said, very similar to Dante Jackson. If both of these guys can catch on, then this all of a sudden this terrible position that we have could be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got yep. the talent; just need to put it together. Now, going down the cornerback line, we're going to go to our 2020 draft pick, Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Very excited for him. A uh, guy who fell in the draft, who has lots of talent. And he could become something special in a year or two. I, he he needs some coaching and needs some seasoning. Yeah, I mean this. You know, as we've talked about endlessly, this is a very young roster, and cor- corner is really no different. You know, even our starters are like twenty five or younger. So, <laughs> I heard a stat with a projection of defense. The Carolina Panthers' average starter age was 23.6 years old. And that was, and they picked uh, Justin Burris over Jeremy Chin with that 23.6. They said with Jeremy Chin winning that, it would be like 23.2 years old. And to hear Whitehead's 30, so he's (laughs) he's probably, no, KK Short's 31, so he's the oldest on the defense. But man, um, yeah, Tony Pride Jr., I mean, you know, out of Notre Dame, we've got a lot of hope for him, but really, he was a fourth-round pick, so we don't know a ton. I mean, he could be boom or bust, you know, yeah. like any fourth-round pick is. Yeah, he's a fourth-round pick. I mean, we have high hopes. He has potential. But if he's out there starting day one, let's be honest, that's that's not good. No. Well, I don't know. Is he starting over Eli Apple? Then maybe it's not terrible. We'll see. Uh, of course, with no preseason games and very few, you know, full contact practices, mm-hmm. maybe it's not that good. Uh, I'll tell you who I don't have a lot of confidence in is the next guy down the list, Corn Elder. Uh, no confidence in this guy. No. Uh, I... Surprise he's on the team. Well, he's been cut by this team so many times, but no one else will pick him up, so he just keeps falling <laughs> back in with us every yeah. year. He's the Brenton Burson of the defense. He really is. Except Burson actually had some... Redeeming qualities? Yeah, he did some things in games. Yeah. I I expect nothing from him. Uh, I expect him to be gone, honestly. I think the next guy will take that spot from him. Uh, If we want to go ahead and move on. Stanley Thomas Oliver, seventh round pick. Again... I think he makes the team how depleted our cornerback situation is. Uh, I like guys like this that you draft in the late rounds that are from small colleges. He's from uh, Florida International. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you can get diamonds in the rough there. These guys that don't get a ton of TV time, you know, 
scouts aren't at their games all the time, like an Alabama or a Georgia or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, was it uh, Jason or Jonathan that liked him? I think it was Jonathan who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago who really liked uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, could be. I mean, you know, after him, we've got Cole Luke, who we saw a little bit of last year. Wasn't impressive. Uh, He wasn't impressive. I think he's more of a depth slash special team type of guy, and we're going to need some of those. Then going on, we have Natrell Jamerson. Yeah, who's been on a few different teams. He was on our team last year. I actually played five games last year with us, which, you know, uh, honestly didn't remember. To be completely honest, I think honest if I suited you. up, I would have ended up getting in a couple games last year somehow. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, and then the last guy on the roster is Derek Thomas, who is a Baylor guy, undrafted rookie. Uh, you know, rules giving him a shot. Yep. Uh, practice squad guy, you know. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, he'd probably be pretty happy to be a practice squad guy. Now, before we move on to safeties, I do want to ask this question. I know that we have it kind of situated, but Logan Ryan is still out there. He's 29 years old. He had a good season last year. Would would bringing him in be a horrible idea because we want to see what these younger guys have or maybe add some good veteran leadership to this group? Well, Logan Ryan considers himself a safety so he may not want to be signed as a corner? No, he's he's a cornerback, but he told his agent to let teams know if they want him at safety, he'll go switch positions. <clears throat> uh, from what I see, he says, views himself as safety, not cornerback. So uh, he's too old for us, obviously. He's 29. So we don't, you know. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that they'll go out and get him. I think that the Panthers know what they are this year. And signing a guy like Logan Ryan is counterproductive. Honestly. I was as just, as, you know, if we were going to compete this year, then I think it's a no-brainer you go and get a guy like that. He's an upgrade. Yeah. I, I just worry, though, that this team has no veteran leadership at the cornerback position. You're right. Uh, the question is, and why is Logan Ryan still out there? That is really weird. He had a really good year last year. I yeah. thought he would be what's, one of what's the first the deal? two days. Is he a bad locker room guy? Does he want too much money? I don't know. I I don't know either. I mean, uh, I, none, I don't, I don't want any of those on the team though. <laughs> Whatever I don't it is, think it's a locker room or a cash yeah. thing because it, safety gets less money than cornerbacks. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Like, why would he? Why would he say that he pr- would prefer to play safety? I don't know. But let's hey, let's. Um, I know we had talked about kind of lumping secondary all in together, but let's do a grade. Because I think our grades are going to be vastly different for safety and corner. So let's go ahead and give a grade to the corners. Is it an F? D minus. I'm going to F. Uh, maybe F plus. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly can't go much higher than D minus. I, I could see where F is. But I guess I'm holding out hope. And that gives him to a D minus instead of a D plus. Or, uh, I just think this is easily the weakest, even weaker than tight end. This is such a weak part of the team. Um, none of these guys could be on the team next year other than our draft picks. And it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Let's move on to safety where things are, I think, a little brighter. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with Trey Boston. Uh, I think he's a very, very good safety, high quality safety. Signed a nice contract with the team in the offseason. Uh, he's the veteran, probably in that secondary, or definitely the veteran in that secondary. <laughs> I was gonna say, what are uh, you questioning? Yeah, he's he's only twenty eight, but he is, uh, you know, he's a guy that started in Carolina, and then for some reason we let him walk. He he had some issues in coverage when he was here the first time. Yeah. He got burnt a lot. We let him walk, and then he kind of turned his career around. He didn't have a bad career here, but. When he went to, which was San Diego at the time, and then mm-hmm. went to Arizona, he really put it back together. And last year, he had a really good season for us. 
He did. I liked him when he was here the first time. I know that he wasn't perfect, but I always wondered why we let him go. And uh, unless he just wanted too much money, but I remember he he sat out for a long time in the offseason without getting signed after he left us and then after he left LA or San Diego at the time as well. Uh, before finally catching on with Arizona. So, in fact, I don't know if he might have not even gotten on Arizona until into the season that year. So, And then again, uh, last year, he yeah. didn't get signed up until, I think, either during training camp or right as training camp was about yeah. to start, we signed him. But I think he's he was a steal last year for what we paid him. Uh, we're paying him more this year, but it's still not a ton of money. And now we're at least we're stable at that position. I like Trey Boston a lot. I do too. I, I'm very happy we re-signed him. I have no issues there. He's obviously the captain back there or the veteran leadership of that secondary. He is the captain. He is the captain. All right. Uh, the ne- well, We're going with the uh, ESPN depth chart here, so we'll talk about Justin Burris, but I don't think either one of us expect him to be the starter here um, at, at strong safety. But... I don't know a ton about Justin Burris. He's been on the Jets and on the Browns. Hat doesn't have great statistics, but he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing out there. He's a guy who really hasn't that had that much of a chance. Of course, you know how these this team is this year. They're giving a lot of younger guys chances. Mm-hmm. Um he was originally signed to start for this team and then the draft fell to us and I don't think he's going to be starting. I think he's going to be depth for Trey Boston and Jeremy Chin. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to Jeremy Chin because this is a guy that we're very excited Ah! about. (laughs) And we've got him at safety here, strong safety, but he's a guy that can play multiple positions. I uh, could mm-hmm. see him at some linebacker, could even see him at some corner, uh, depending on what's needed of him. This is, I think, the guy, if he gets an opportunity to show anything in, in these practices, and that's kind of a question, right? We don't really mm-hmm. know what they're going to be able to do. Um, I think he'll be a starter at some position. And it seems like this is probably the easiest position for him to get the starter role. Strong safety. I agree. I think I think they're going to put him at strong safety, let him kind of roam around out there, you know, jump up into the box a lot. He's just an athletic freak, and having that guy out on the field is just going to make the team better. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, we talked about him a good bit last week, and actually we talked about him a good bit the week before too. So... <laughs> I don't know how much more we can say about Jeremy Chin, but we're super excited about him, and we fully expect him to be the starter, I think, week one. Yeah. At some position, (laughs) right? (laughs) Probably not free safety. I think Trey Boston's got that nailed down. Yeah. Um, Really, I think strong safety is probably about the only place he could jump in. And I can see him being – I've discussed this, a big nickel where he's kind of more down in the box, where he's more like a – I'm using quotes – linebacker that's covering Mm -hmm. that tight end or that slot guy. And then Justin Burris can help out in the safety position or somebody else who we're going to mention in a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's – going down the list here, TJ Green is listed as the next – uh, depth on the depth chart. Uh, don't know a ton about him. He was with the team for a, a game last year. Played with a game last year with the Panthers. Played a game last year with New Orleans and was with Indianapolis. Yeah, he was um, a second played, round draft pick. Yeah, he played Indy. pretty much two full seasons with Indy. Um, Sixteen games in 2017 and fifteen in 2016. So obviously they thought highly enough of him to draft him in the second round. I don't know a ton about him. They didn't think highly enough of him to keep him for the third year of his contract. So Indianapolis yeah. I'm talking about. So obviously there's some untapped potential here. Yeah, and that's basically what I was just about to say. He, another one of these guys who has potential, but we'll see if it pans out. He's a young guy. He's still only 25 years old, even though he was drafted in 2016. They want to see if he has anything or if he's just, you know, 
just another really talented athlete. I mean, he ran a four three forty. So, guy's fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these guys, you know, pretty much from TJ Green on, I think they could kind of shift anywhere. Um, but let's talk about Kenny Robinson next. One of our draft picks, fifth round. Draft I like pick, Kenny I Robinson. Yeah, this is the guy that came out of the XFL. Um, he's notable because he went from college to the XFL, basically skipped his third year of college mm-hmm. to go to the XFL. Um, and he was with West Virginia, left on not good terms with West Virginia. They basically kicked him out of school. Uh, he had offers from some of the SEC schools. I believe Alabama wanted him to come, but he decided to go make some money once the XFL and is... I think was the only player drafted from the I believe XFL. so too. But uh, but this is uh you know I I'm gonna brag on myself a bit when we did our draft preview. I did say that we would draft this guy, so kudos to me. So yes, and besides <laughs> that, kudos to yourself. Yes, Kenny Robinson was actually considered like a second round pick. When he was at West Virginia. And then mm-hmm. the whole issues. And then him going to the XFL. Dropped him to the fifth round. So yeah. I think we've got a really good steal here. He has a lot of talent. Hopefully we can get him coached up. I, he he's only 21. Safety. He's, he's really only, young. He's labeled as a safety. But he's also played cornerback. And like I said. They had him as a second round talent. Yeah. At West Virginia. So I. I would not be surprised if this guy ends up getting on the field one way or another, whether it's the slot corner or, you know, an extra safety. Or I a corner. Him. I mean, he's six two. Yeah. So he's taller than both our starting corners. Um and he was considered one of, if not the best defensive player in the XFL. Yeah. So I, re- I really like him. him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I I think he'll probably move up to one of the backup spots, uh, TJ Green or maybe even past Justin Burris, depending on how Jeremy Chen works out. But uh, And then again, like we said, he could go to corner. Quinn Blanding is the next guy. Um, I've heard the name, and that's all. I feel like he's got a name that you think you've heard, but you haven't, <laughs> <laughs> because he uh, he's a rookie, an undrafted rookie. Went uh was with UVA. He's 24, so he's an older rookie. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is he's just a guy hoping to make the roster. Um, along with Miles Hartsfield, Hatsfield, Hartsfield, uh, the the last guy on the depth chart here. Another undrafted rookie out of Old Miss. These last few guys, uh, I think locks to make the roster: Trey Boston, Burris, Chin, Kenny Robinson. Probably TJ Green, just because he's got some experience. Mm-hmm. And then Blanding and Hartsfield are sort of bubble guys. Wouldn't be surprised if they brought in another body at safety after cuts. Wouldn't be surprised on most positions if they brought in some bodies, to be honest. But uh, how do you feel about safety, man? I, I feel like we're both pretty positive on safety. Yeah, we are. I There's a lot of young guys that need to... Jeremy Chin, I mean... Jeremy Chin and Kenny Robinson, I love those draft picks. Yeah. And they're here in the safety position. Trey Boston, we both I really like. So yeah. I am is it my grade time? Yeah, give him a grade. This is it, gonna go completely different, but I'm gonna go A minus. Oh wow. I, I'm expecting a lot. I think the safety position is one of our strongest is going to be one of the strongest we have. Yeah, I, I'm going solid B. I'm still very high on it, especially compared to corner. Um, I love Trey Boston. I think he's one of the top cor- uh, safeties in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not top tier, but I think he's probably in that 5 to 10 range on his best day. Um, Jeremy Chin is, obviously, we have a ton of expectations and hope for him but he's still pretty unproven mm-hmm. you know he, he hasn't done it on the big stage yet uh, but he's got all the measurables and everything and then again like you said we're still very young at the position so 
you know, between Justin Burris, Kenny Robinson, TJ Green, we hope that one of these guys provides either solid depth or can jump into a starting spot. So, uh, yeah, over, I'm very optimistic about them. So I'm not, I'm not at all upset at, to say B. Okay. I'm pretty happy with that. I, I think I've noticed something about our draft. I look at more of the depth as giving it a more down or more up. And yeah, you look more at the starters and then. Well, you know, I give more weight to the starters because they're going to be the main ones on the field. So, uh, but I, depth, we know, we just don't have a ton of depth at any position at all. No. Uh, other other than kind of the defensive line, I think we said. So, and, and even that's that more sort of dropped end, a little bit. End edge rusher type of area, yeah. not defensive yeah. tackle. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, that was fun. Um, yeah. Still pretty bummed out about corner, but pretty happy with safety and quarterback. I think is we're still a little not sure about, but optimistic. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very agreeable statement. I'm really hoping Bridgewater shows out. I've I'm gonna have to eat crow with a couple people if he looks awful. So <laughs> don't want to do that. Well, you know, I mean, who cares, right? It's we're, we're, yeah. you're hoping for the best for your team. Very much. Why would you want? Why would you hope for him to suck? Like, we obviously want him to be good. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it up, Jerry. Yep. And as always, we want to thank you for listening. If you like our show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbox mailbox at meowmakespodcast.com. And if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on our show. And if you're on YouTube, just go ahead and Google or search us because we're on there too. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Gonna be one of those guys, but uh, hey, it really helps us out. So, more subscriptions we get, more likes we get, more times they recommend us. And same thing on uh, iTunes. So, rate and review us on there as well. Uh, we will be back probably next week now that training camp is in full force. We're gonna try to make this a weekly thing until the season starts, and then we'll get back to our normal two, two, three uh, episodes a week schedule i was gonna say it's unfortunate though we're not gonna be able to review preseason games this year i know that's a bummer um (laughs) we'll do the best we can you know when uh when padded practices starts maybe we'll start getting some more intel on what's going on but anyway until next week everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding